Hey mama, are you stuck in the never-ending cycle of overwhelm, constantly questioning your ability as a mom and searching for ways to not feel so alone? My name is Sydney Crow, and I am the mom empowerment coach. As a certified mindset and mental wellness coach, international best-selling co-author, and mama of two, I'm here to share my personal experience and connect with other moms to build a community and help you conquer the chaos one day at a time. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Conquering Chaos, a mom's guide to self-care insanity. I'm your host, Sydney Crow, and today we have the lovely guest, Mallory Simmons from Alaska. Welcome, Mallory. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me here. It's such an honor. I am so excited to allow our listeners to dive in. You and I have had several conversations and you have such an amazing coaching platform, Lioness Proof Coaching. You are a sober wellness coach. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what you do and who you are? Thank you. So yes, I've just launched this new name, Lioness Proof Coaching. Um, And I'm just going to get into the meaning of it because I'm so excited about it. It was a download from the universe and the proof part is twofold. One, helping women uh, find their inner lioness, this strength that we all have in us. You've pushed a human out of your body. You can do a friggin' burpee. You're strong. You're smart. You're capable. And the proof part is one being bulletproof, lioness proof, the strength that we all have, this shield to keep away the toxicity. And then proof, because I'm a sober coach, instead of the proof of alcohol, the strength and the proof that we have within ourselves to conquer chaos and live an amazing life. Love that. Love that so much. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. So tell us a little bit about how you work with your clients. Is it a one-on-one? Do you have a group coaching program? Tell us a bit more about, you know, the journey that they have with you. The journey. Okay. So mostly I do one-on-one. That's really where I thrive. And I think that's where people feel the most vulnerable. Uh, So it's a process, right? Like you, most people don't just go from, you know, gray area drinking, which we'll get into in a little bit to not drinking at all like that. Some people might, I have a friend that did that. She's amazing. Um, But a lot of us, it's a journey. It's this, it's a shifting of our mindset. It's a diving into our beliefs, our struggles, what makes us feel like we need to hide behind a drink or two, unraveling all of that bit by bit to help people not drink and feel amazing, stick to their workouts, lose some weight, save some money. Uh, You know, there's a lot of benefits to not drinking physically, mentally, and spiritually, And through my six month program, we really get to dive deep and help someone completely shift how they show up for themselves and their family. I love that so much. You know, it is definitely about our own personal journey so that we can show up for our family as our best selves. So I love that that's the take that you, you know, have on your program. Um, You mentioned gray area drinking. So tell me and the listeners a little bit about what that was or is. It was a new term to me when you and I first connected. And so, and honestly, it was something that I, I fell into myself. And so, yeah, fill the listeners in about what that means. Yeah. So if you look at drinking on a spectrum, so as a substance abuse or former substance abuse counselor, excuse me, my job was to diagnose people with either substance abuse, like chemical dependency or abuse. And that is pretty obvious for most of us, right? Like 
your drinking has taken over your life. You might be involved in the criminal justice system. You have a lot of family problems. You have a lot of physical problems. It's affected you and the clinical term biopsychosocially. It's crippled you. On the way other end of the spectrum is uh, people who drink like once or twice a year and never think about alcohol. They might have a glass of champagne at a wedding. They might have a cocktail at Christmas, like one, and then they don't think about it. It is not a big deal to them at all. They're like unicorns <laughs> in my mind. I don't understand. But especially I in today's society, right? Yes. Then there is this huge gray area where like a lot of us, I was here for years uh, it's how you socialize. It's how you manage your stress, right? You have a, a really crappy day at work and you think, oh, I need a drink. But you get some bad news. Oh, I need a drink. You get some good news. Let's celebrate with wine. So it's a huge part of how you manage life. No, you're not an alcoholic, right? You have a good family. You take care of yourself. You you handle your crap. You're fine, but it's making you anxious. It's making you depressed. It's uh, causing some unwanted weight. It's zapping your money. It's zapping your energy. It's disconnecting you from your family in some ways. So it's, it's making life harder when you think it's making it easier, but you're not at the level where you're like, I obviously have a drinking problem. It's a gray area. I, 100% fell into that area. And I think uh, dealing with what the globe has dealt with over the last few years, I won't, you know, use the C word, but here we are. <laughs> I think that really compounded a lot of people into that spectrum, right? We were all stuck at home. We weren't driving places. It wasn't something that we even really thought about. Like my husband and I were drinking almost every day. And all of a sudden he woke up one day and was like, I'm going to do a 75 hard challenge. And that involves no drinking. And my exact response was, you're crazy. I'm never giving this up. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't had a sip of alcohol in over two years, like well over two years. I've just passed my one year mark you know, it was getting my gut health in check and then being like, Hmm, you know, maybe, maybe I could go 30 days. It was like a test that I had given myself because prior to that, like you hear people do like sober October or sober mm. January. Um, and I never was in that wheelhouse. I, I would always fall off. There was some celebration that I had to go to some birthday, or I'd have a really, really bad day with my kids. And I'd be like, okay, put them to bed, have a glass of wine, unwind, you know, and that was just the MO. And so Last November, November 1st, I actually decided that I would do a 30 day challenge and see if I could even do it. And when I, when I wrote that out on my social media for accountability, I, in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't even think I'm going to be able to do this, but I'm going to put it out there. And then maybe I can hold myself accountable because I've put it out into the universe and 30 days has now turned into, you know, almost 13 months. So Amazing. I think it's amazing what you do where you can help people kind of navigate that, navigate those struggles, those ups and downs, be an accountability partner, be their huge cheerleader. That's very commendable. Thank Tell you. me a little bit about what got you into this. You mentioned that you've been a trauma and grief coach. You're also into nutrition and exercise. What do you feel really propelled you into this? That's such a great question. And I can talk about it all freaking day. I feel like really I've come full circle with like a little pizzazz. Uh, cause like I said, I started my career as a substance abuse counselor. So I have a 
degree in psychology with a concentration in community and mental health, and then a certificate in addiction studies. And I worked with parolees, like meth addicts, uh, in my early mid twenties. And I learned so much about humanity and trauma and grief and how that can go horribly wrong when not dealt with. And it was an extremely humbling experience for me, but I just, it was too much too young. So I got into different social services jobs that weren't as intense. And, uh, when I had my daughter in 2019, I wanted to be able to, I don't know, 2018, what am I saying? I wanted to be able to do something from home and I've always had a passion for health and wellness. Uh, so I got into health coaching, got my certificates, got a transformational coaching method certificate from Health Coach Institute. So more focusing on people's beliefs and, and identities and how we show up for the world. Uh, so a little bit deeper than just like habits and stuff. And then anyway, so how I got back to sobriety is in 2021, uh, I had the worst year of my life. Uh, my husband had a tumor removed from his head. Um, my dog died and I had a miscarriage and that all happened within 30 days. Mm. And then we had to give another dog up for uh, adoption a month later. And then a month after that, I had another miscarriage where I found out it's extremely unlikely for me to have any more healthy children. And I will likely continue to miscarry or have a child with severe birth defects. Mm. So needless to say, I wasn't feeling very good. And because of my background in coaching and mindfulness and definitely in substance abuse counseling, I was very aware of what my brain was doing. I was seeking pleasure to avoid the pain. I did not want to feel anything I was feeling because it freaking hurt. Um, But I knew if I didn't, it was just going to wait because that's what grief and trauma does. It just waits stagnantly for you to deal with it and you have to feel it to heal it. So I didn't quit drinking then, but I definitely limited it as much as I could at that time. I did not let myself get drunk. (laughs) I didn't let myself drink when I was feeling those waves of grief. I, I insisted that I had to go through it. So that was kind of the beginning for me with my own gray area drinking. I did some 75 hard challenges in there. I've never made it the full 75 days because my immune system ironically is trash. Uh, but it definitely got me thinking about like when I was grabbing the drink or when I was like really white knuckling it. And then, uh, when I moved to mainland Alaska last May with my family, I challenged myself to do 90 days without it. And I said this whole summer, I'm just going to really get to know myself (laughs) and I'm going to stop. I'm just going to have club soda and decaf coffee when everyone else drinks. And I'm just going to make myself stop. And I felt freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. I was so excited. I was sleeping better. I was work. I was crushing into my workouts. I was losing weight that I like 10 pounds that I wouldn't budge forever. Um, fell off like that. And uh, I was getting to spend money on fun things because I didn't have these big bar bills, you know, it was so amazing. And so it just, I just felt done. I was like, why, what is the, it adds zero value to your life. It shrinks your brain. It opens you up to seven types of cancers and dementia. Like, no, I'm done. And so I, I do not judge those in my life that drink still, obviously, like 
we all have our own journeys to go on. But for me, it just felt like I learned what I needed to learn. I feel like I've had enough wine to last a lifetime. I still get to have so much fun with my friends when they're drinking and I'm having club soda. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, It's just this, I needed this hard and fast. I don't need it anymore. Uh, so I had my one year in September. Congratulations. Thank you. I love that. And you know, it is, you touched on the fact that you were able to still go out with your friends and have a good time. And it says a lot about those friends because we all, like you said, are on our own personal journey. I've actually had friends stop inviting me out because I'm not drinking and they're planning on going out and, you know, tying one on. And I have to say it's a little hurtful because this is my journey. And I, like you don't judge others. If that's what they want to do, that's great. But I think it's up to us to decide if that's something that we want to go and partake in or not. And I've been around other friends that are still having a good time. We've gone boating, everybody's drinking. It's great. And I'm sitting there with like my probiotic drink or whatever, having a great time and still loving life. And there's no judgment. So I think it says a lot more about the people that can't be around sober people while they're drinking than it does about the sober people around drunk people. So I kudos to you for, you know, standing your ground and knowing your limits and standing in your beliefs. I think that's so powerful. If there is one thing that you think can help contribute to somebody's sobriety journey, like what is the most important factor that you find through your coaching and your own personal experience that you would say is a must for their journey? Meditation. Oh, interesting. Tell me more. I really think it all starts with meditation because when you can learn, I think meditation is the beginning of learning to just sit in your crap. (laughs) Like before meditation, I wasn't aware of my anxiety. I just, it just was like, I was just always this neurotic gerbil or like shaking chihuahua, just like so freaking scared all the time. And I thought that was normal. Like I didn't know there was a different way to be until I learned how to meditate. I do guided meditations because sitting in my brain is chaos. (laughs) So guided meditations really helped me learn to breathe, recognize what my breath was doing and listen to my thoughts, but not let my thoughts guide me, you know, because we, you think like 60,000 thoughts a day, they're not all facts. Like sometimes I'll have crazy thoughts. And instead of, you know, before it would make me really, if I had a really absurd thought, like your husband's probably cheating on you. That's the first one that comes to mind. That's actually never really a concern of mine. Uh, he has no game, but <laughs> if I had a thought like that, it would cause a lot of anxiety and then I might drink. Right. Cause that's scary. Yeah. Now, because of my meditation practice and everything it's done for me outside of meditation, learning how to like focus on my breath, not follow my thoughts everywhere. I can go, well, that's really silly and just move on. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how neurotic that little voice inside our head can actually be. And it's almost like having a train derail because you and I sound very (laughs) similar. Um, and I too, like I used alcohol even through my teen years as like a social buffer, right? That's just how I learned how to socialize with people. And then it became almost like a crutch. Like I was either the shy, quiet girl in the corner who couldn't have conversations with people, or I was like the loud, wild party animal because I'd had a few drinks in me. And when you 
use that as your tool, it honestly just mutes that voice inside your head. And so when you learn how to sit with yourself, I too have to use guided meditation because it's the only way that I can actually sit still for five minutes and be in my head. Um, but it is a very, very powerful tool when you learn to harness it. And I love it for like that future visualization, right? Mm -hmm. Who you want to become becomes more important than what's happening in this moment today, right? When you can visualize and embody that it doesn't matter if maybe you had a drink and, and fell off your wagon or whatever it is, you can, you know, pick back up and be better in the next moment. And that future visualization has become such a powerful tool for me in my business, in my family life, talking with my husband about where our goals and like what we want to see in our future. And I think that a lot of sobriety is envisioning where you want to be, right? Who you are going to become, because a lot of people, we, we use alcohol as, as a crutch. And when you take that crutch away, you have to learn how to stand on your own two feet. And that can be a really daunting task some days. Yeah, it's so, so well said. And I think that realizing you never needed it is such a profound point. And, but it takes, it takes time. Like it, I don't know about your experience, but for me, like it was so uncomfortable at first, not drinking, everyone else was drinking and just letting myself be a human was so uncomfortable because I, I am awkward. I am not for everyone. And I own that now, but it was how I felt like it was okay to connect to somebody. If I wasn't drinking, if I didn't have a glass in my, a wine in my hand, I didn't trust what I was going to say. Cause mm. I know I'm weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I felt like if I, if I have wine and I say something ridiculous, I can blame the wine. Yeah. You've got an excuse, right? Yes. But then to get to a point where I didn't, I don't need that excuse. And I can just be like, oh, sorry. Was that, was that not appropriate? My bad. I, it took a minute. And I think that it's so hard for people to allow themselves to have that minute. Like they just, we're so conditioned to buffer with mm-hmm. alcohol, with food, with scrolling on our phones and to just make yourself sit in it. Yep. Is so uncomfortable at first and that's okay. And that is okay. Right. And I know you're a mom and I am a mom and it's so important to raise our kids to understand that you can ask for what you want in life. That doesn't mean you're always going to get it, but it's important to speak up about what you want. And you and I were kind of having a pre-conversation to this recording about people pleasing. And I think that that plays a huge role in it. Our generation, especially as females, we're like constantly conditioned to be people pleasers and like we, we had recorded this episode prior to this and you had said, you know what? I didn't feel my best. Do you think we could re-record it? And you had felt a little hesitant to even put that question out there. And I shared a story with you about how I like, don't get my nails done regularly. And I went to get them done. And I was like, she's on nail eight. And I'm like, Oh, I don't like the shape, but I had to, I had to stop and be like, could you change the shape? Like, I don't know why that conditioning is so ingrained in us to speak up for what we want without having some sort of crutch or buffer, right? Like liberation to actually speak what's on our mind and voice our our opinions and our boundaries and all of that thing. So, I mean, I think that could be a whole other episode that we could go into, but I think that that plays a lot of why, you know, our generation ends up using alcohol a lot as this, you know, 
societal buffer, societal crutch is Mm. the people pleasing conditioning that is so ingrained. Yeah. And I think that's, I hear that so often with the, the initial 30 day, 90 day challenge, whatever your, whatever your personal goal is. I never push any challenge on anyone. If your goal isn't to be completely sober, I would never push that on you. Maybe a little, but I will respect where you're coming from. Um, but I think with getting used to getting away from people pleasing and sitting in that, that uncomfortability of, of asking like, Hey, I think I sounded like a nitwit. Can we please re-record your podcast? I was sick. Uh, like letting it be okay to hear no, yeah. letting it be okay for someone to say no, like that's not normal for us. It's so, we're so conditioned to, um, I can't ask because you're going to hate me. And you can't say no, because then I'll hate you. It's crazy. (laughs) It's totally crazy. It's totally crazy. And so I love that there are women like you and myself who are changing the dialogue around this and helping other women change the dialogue as well. I think it's so important so that we can teach our our younger generation that it's okay to ask. There's no harm in asking. Speak up for what you want. Um, And again, it doesn't, that's okay. (laughs) Uh, What I was going to say in that rant is, People are so scared that they're going to be judged or ridiculed or whatever. If, if they have club soda in their cup and their friend has beer in their cup. Yeah. And I know you said you had friends stop inviting you out, but by and large, no one cares what's in your glass. They don't. Some people have a problem with it because you drinking makes them feel better about their drinking, but that's for them to own, not you. If you don't want to drink, because you don't want to feel like crap in the morning. You don't want a headache. You want to only have one. And then you want to switch to club soda, but you're worried about someone in your group judging you. No one cares what's in your glass. You want to have club soda or decaf coffee or whatever. No one cares. Except. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it is so important, right? Like we've, we've kind of hit this home run. It's (laughs) you are on your own journey. Every person is here on their own path. And you know, if we can just have a little more space and respect for the fact that people are on their own journey and on their own space, and there is no judgment and it is a safe place to just be yourself and make your own choices, then I think the world will be a better place. So I love that you are out there helping women do this coaching, helping them run their own path, empowering them to be the lioness that they are. I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. If there is any last piece of advice, what would you say to the listeners out there? Mm, Oh my gosh, I have a million. I would say, let yourself feel uncomfortable. You're not going to die. And if, if anything we're saying speaks to you and you want to give sobriety a try, just let yourself feel the feelings and just know, just trust yourself that you're going to be fine. I love that so much. And I, echo that sentiment. You will (laughs) not die. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode where we help you conquer the chaos one day at a time. Mallory, I really appreciate you being here. I'm your host, Sydney Crow, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Conquering Chaos. I'm so glad you did. If you loved this episode, take a screenshot right now and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me. If you're ready to gain more clarity around the chaos and invest in the support to make it happen, use the link in the show notes to book your free clarity call with me. 
Are you loving the podcast? If so, make sure you've subscribed and leave a review so that we can help more moms conquer the chaos one day at a time.